Welcome to Bible Over Brews, deep thoughts fermented over time and text. I come to you, Aaron Cruz for Verka, and I've got Gumby. Hey, what's going on? Edward. Hey, guys. Hey, girl. And Father Calloway. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure to have you on tonight, Father. Before we get to talking with Father Calloway, we are going to crack open this chocolate stout. Again, I apologize we couldn't get one over to you, Father. No worries. Next time, you owe me, man. We owe you big. (laughs) This is deep in vastness, dark as the furthest reaches of space. Cosmic cocoa will have your palate exploding (laughs) the final frontier. Brewed with large amounts of cocoa nibs for an extra chocolate kick and milk sugar added for a Milky Way feature. This beer is definitely out of this world. It has an ABV of 8.5. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I love on the, can, on the can it says, for family, for fun. <laughs> family fun. It's not for family. We're quarantined. <laughs> so, Father, I, uh, I love your story. And as Thanks. we start sipping on this, I want, because uh, Gumby's not familiar with your material, and neither is a large portion of our audience, and you have a fantastic uh, backstory. Uh, and, and so if you could relate a little bit of your testimony, um, okay. I know that, that a lot of people will benefit from that. Sure, yeah. Um, so I wasn't raised with any religion whatsoever. Um, I wasn't uh, Christian uh, in any way, I wasn't Catholic. I wasn't Protestant. I wasn't nothing. I, um, I wasn't baptized and I came from a very tumultuous family upbringing. So, you know, my mother was, uh, in multiple marriages. Uh, I had three fathers before I was 10 years old. And so even before I was a teenager in my preteens, I got involved with, uh, drugs and alcohol and, um, immoral activity. Um, just a lot of really bad stuff. Um, and then we were living in Japan at one point with my stepfather who was in the military and I got into a lot of trouble internationally and I ended up getting kicked out of the country, got deported, came back to the States, went to two <clears throat> drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers, got thrown in jail in Louisiana when I turned 18. Um, you know, I had long hair down at my waist. I was following the Grateful Dead, this old hippie band. And um, yeah, it was a mess. But through all that craziness, through all that craziness, um, my mom and my dad had a huge conversion, um, and they became Catholic. And I thought they were nuts. I thought they had joined a cult. You know, I was like, I don't know what you people do, but I want nothing to do with it. You guys are weirdos. That's what I thought. Um, but they were praying for me. And it took took some years, but eventually I got what I call the divine two-by-four, where God just hammered me, man. I mean, just floored me with the truth. And I realized that this stuff isn't a myth or a legend or a fairy tale, that it's real. Because, you know, I had heard about Jesus, who hasn't, right? But Jesus, to me, was as real as the Easter bunny, the tooth fairy, or some fat dude who comes down your chimney once a year and eats your cookies and drinks your milk, you know? (laughs) I knew he was real. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if I messed it up for you there, bud. But, um, uh, yeah, I just... I didn't believe any of it. And then I read this book and um, one night my parents had on their bookshelf and uh, that was the catalyst that got me asking questions and I had a radical conversion. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Praise God for his mercy, you know? Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, to take a small, small little snippet for about, about the beer itself as before we move on, <laughs> um, it's good. It's thick. It's rich. Um, almost like an almond color. Yeah, I can definitely taste the cocoa. Yeah. And uh, the milk stout definitely comes through. You know that that uh, bourbon one we had the last episode, the last podcast. Yeah. It was ten percent, right? It was. <laughs> it Poor was Gumby. A, it was. A t- <laughs> It was a 10% porter, but when you drank it, you had no idea it was a porter nope. or 10%. Nope. It was, so it snuck up on it. It was, it so, was smooth. so smooth. This uh, one, you can definitely tell that it's 8%. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, no doubt. Uh, as rich as it is, it kind of slams you in the face a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still good nonetheless. 
And it looks like like what I'm seeing you guys holding it because you're holding it in a clear glass. It looks like a coffee. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah there's some the flavors coffee, of that. Yeah. yeah, it's about as dark. It yeah, really is. Exactly. <laughs> it's definitely a a milky, chocolatey kind of texture. Hmm. Yeah, look, the last little bits I poured in, it's it's chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it's glorious. So what I found interesting about your story, you were, you actually had uh, were running for the Yakuza, weren't you? Yeah, when I was in Japan. That's right. And I was only, crazy thing about that is I was only at that time 15 years old. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I thought I did some crazy stuff, but... Yeah, that's insane. I mean, it's actually amazing you got out alive. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, they never fully initiate little white boys, you know. But I was, I was their drug mule. You know, they used me to to carry drugs and money from different to different casinos and places where they hung out, because um, nobody would ever suspect that. You know, a little white kid with long hair. You know, they just thought I was into Iron Maiden. You know, and they they didn't know in my backpack I had like, you know a lot of money and yen it always sounds like it's a lot more money if you have a million yen but it's not a million dollars of course but i would have like like about ten thousand dollars on me on my person you're 15 hmm. years old man oh wow yeah it's Great. it's an enormous amount of 15 <laughs> so connect the dot there what the the yak would you call it the yakuza yakuza uh, japanese yeah. mafia is that okay i was gonna ask is that a mafia okay <laughs> yeah wow. yeah yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't working at some uh, automobile company, Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> you were delivering the papers, huh? Yeah. The forerunner to Toyota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's phenomenal. And the the book was interesting too, because wasn't it about Medjugorje? It was. So, um, and for those who might not know about that, that's an alleged apparition of the Virgin Mary over in uh, Bosnia. And um, I, my parents had bought that book, and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a National Geographic, you know, and um, ended up reading that. And I didn't understand a lot of it because it was super Catholic. But what I got from it was that there was a God, he's Jesus Christ, and that this woman claimed to be his mother. And I was like, what? I was like, myths don't have mothers. I'm like, Scooby-Doo doesn't have a mom. You know, I'm like, these things don't have moms. What are you talking about? And I was like, what? So I kept reading it, and it's just like, it gave me a whole different understanding of Jesus that I had never heard. And so, yeah, that, that got the ball rolling, you know? Yeah. It's it's fantastic. So being a, a revert to the faith, because, so I, like I was, I was baptized into the Catholic Church, and then oh. my parents had me in the evangelical branches um, for a long time, most of my life. And then oh. last couple years... Uh, actually, at the start of this podcast, if you go through the podcast, you can hear where I'm like coming from, like the evangelical side to maybe going Orthodox into going and becoming Roman Catholic. So um, it all happened over the course of the podcast. Kind of funny. Um, but what's uh, what's interesting is that there were still things I wasn't sure of, and it was uh, Marian apparitions I definitely wasn't sure of. Uh-huh. And it was listening to some of your videos that prompted me to do the research. And I put like 20 hours of research into just uh-huh. just five Marian apparitions. Uh-huh. And I had never heard of like uh, Las Lajas, for example. Yeah. And right. uh, oh, check that out. You see that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right behind me. That's it. That's fantastic. Can, can you see it? Yeah. I can. Yeah. yeah. Clear yeah, as day. That is. Yeah, clear as day. Does Gumby know about it? Yes, because he was he was on the episode with me. Okay. Yeah, but he could use a refresher because that was a while ago. <laughs> because I'm oh. not the Catholic. So. Right, right. Or or was that last beer you were talking about? That ten. Uh, <laughs> hey, that was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one where she was actually in the stone in Colombia. Okay. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that one yep. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing. I yeah. I haven't been to that one yet myself to see it. Uh, not a lot of people jumping on a plane to go to Columbia these days, but um, yeah, I I would love to at some point. I'd love to see it myself. That church you know, looks I, like it's something from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it pretty like, cool? Yeah. Is it like in a mountain? It's or like there's a bridge like going across. Yeah, and it's in the mountains, and there's yeah. waterfalls. I'm like, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks does. amazing. The only problem is uh, 
it's hard to get to and um there's not a lot of um accommodations you know the if you want to go i don't even know maybe if they have more than six rooms or something like so if you go in a group you got to be really small so hmm. yeah <laughs> now is that the one um is it apparition is that the right word yeah okay yeah is that the one where there are miracles still happening with the, the water stream being connected to it no, no that's, that's lords, lords. Yeah. Lawrence, oh, in France. Yeah, right. yeah. That one's amazing too. That one I've been to like four times, I think. Awesome. Yeah, that one's amazing. I love that place. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's your videos that prompted me to do more of this research. And uh and I wasn't, of course, again, coming over as a revert, as familiar with things like the rosary. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? There's gotta be something on YouTube. <laughs> and so, and so I pull up and I see this guy called Father Calloway, and I first see your face come up and then and you start talking. And I'm like, oh, this is probably gonna be boring, but I'll kick back. And yeah, as soon as you start talking, I hear things like, "Dude," I'm like, "All right, this guy's cool." <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's just who I am. You know, people tell me they're like, "You do know you say a lot of stuff that priests don't say," and I'm like, "Yeah, but." I just, I can't untrain it, you know, it's like, it's just, it's what I, it's how I talk, you know, so, yeah. But it's fun, and and, and it's genuine, and that really brings the message across. You can tell it's not like a, a pre-rehearsed kind of, like, point-by-point point presentation. Right. It's it's genuine, and you can tell it comes from the heart, so it's, yeah. it's fun. Um, yeah. So you're... Your stuff on the rosary really helped me because that was hard for me as a revert. Sure. No, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, and it's it's okay to like if you're not if you don't have a familiarity with it. I mean, I didn't, right? When I can't man, first time I went to a Catholic church and I saw these women doing this thing, I was like, I thought they were Wiccans in some coven. I was like, what kind of witchery is going on up in here? You know, I was like and I was literally waiting for the priest to come in and just clean house. I was like, I thought, you know, I'd walked into something that shouldn't be happening in a church when I saw these <laughs> women doing this thing. And then he seemed cool with it. And I was like, what? I was like, how can you be cool with that? Um, but I didn't know what they were doing. And then when I learned what it was, you know, basically the Bible on a set of beads, right? Um, basically what the Psalms are for the Old Testament, the rosary is for the New Testament. Um and I was just like, wow, I never, I never thought of that. Um, and then I realized what they were doing and I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like if, if, if Jesus is God and all you're doing is spending time with him in prayer, remembering and meditating upon what he did for us, that's pretty awesome. I was like, wow. I mean, if somebody's think about it, man, if, if people, like, don't, I, I'm not on some ego trip here. I'm, this is just an example, okay? But let's just say that people called me up and said, hey, 20 minutes every day, we're just going to stop what we're doing and we're going to think about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, dang. <laughs> I must be somebody, right? I don't have anybody that does that. But that's what we do with Jesus, right? When we pray the rosary, we take 20 minutes and we just meditate in, in gratitude for what he's done for us, thinking about his passion, his suffering, how much he loves us, about his birth, about all those mysteries. And um, that's awesome, man. That's like, that's incredible, you know? Oh, it's amazing. So one of the things you brought up, one of the things you brought up during one of your videos is how you have rosaries breaking in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. So earlier today, I got a hold of our friends over at Catholic Guardians. All right, okay. a good bunch of people trying to bring back you know good wholesome family traditions, really trying to show men how to be manly men, right? Men, manly Catholic men, right? They have a whole program coming out for churches that help people become, you know, more manly than. I just lost you there. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, yeah, we're back. Happened. All right, there we yeah, go. Yeah, back now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so they 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 are they have these programs coming out to help boys become men and help men yeah. become good fathers. Well, one of the things yeah. they do is they create these cool paracord rosaries, which are super sturdy, and nice. 
they are going to gift one to you. So that way you have a, a very sturdy rosary that you could take all over the world with you and it won't break. Awesome. And, <laughs> it's, and it's not pink, right? It's not pink. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is uh they're they're super sturdy. They're made out of paracord. They have uh, metallic beads on them. So oh, awesome. Oh yeah, these are super. You'll you'll love it. They're virtually unbreakable. So, I think I saw a video of yours where you're talking about the little pink plastic rosary. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah, yeah. I don't. That's all I need today is a priest with a pink rosary. You know? right. <laughs> yeah. That's not well, what and this is why people think that Catholicism is just like it's just an old lady thing. <laughs> right. You know, like it's not a man's thing. It's just an old lady thing. <laughs> right. But it's not no. like when I'm when I go to the Adoration Chapel, I, I usually don't see women. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. I usually see exactly the opposite. Yeah, mostly and it's men. Like, this is not what the world would think, you know, yeah. about Catholics. It's just like you know, old ladies like. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions for sure. Is yeah. it, you know, just from other religions, other major religions, right. Uh, it's, you know, because of the emphasis on Mary, right? Right. So our assumption just goes down that trail. Sure. You know, especially from an evangelical. I mean. Yeah, sure. You know, our growing up, all the evangelicals heard was that Catholics just worship Mary, not Jesus. Right, right, so. right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got most of my family. I mean, the only people that are Catholic in my family are me. My mom, my stepdad, and my brother, um, the rest of my relatives, all of them, are either evangelical, but only a couple. The, the rest are just like, they just follow preachers. Like, whatever preacher sounds good to them, they just go and follow him. And then <laughs> when, when, when he ticks them off, they just go and find another one, you know. Um, so it's interesting because I've had like... My grandma, God rest her soul, she's no longer here. One of my grandmas, I got a lot of grandparents, you know. Um, she she tripped me out, man. So when I had my conversion and I got my call to be a priest, she was um, really worried. And she, she called me over to, to her side and she said, I need to know something. And I'm like, what, grandma? And she goes, are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm like, what? What? I'm like, where'd that come from? Why are you asking me that? She goes, well, you want to be a priest, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, aren't all Catholic priests gay? And I was oh, like, wow. I know. This is my grandma, right? And I was like, grandma, did I look gay when I was chasing all those women around? You know, and she's like, oh, that's right. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, and then she asked me on, on another occasion, she goes, because she had gone to like, you know, little house on the corner up in the hollow you know, and the preacher had told her so many ideas and she said, um, you, now you worship the Pope. And I was like, no, I don't. I'm like, you're talking about, she goes, yes, you do. That's what Catholics do. And I was like, grandma, that's what you've heard. We don't do that. Well, I don't mean we listen to him. We love him and all that, but he's not God. We don't worship him. And she's just like, really? And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy. But though, but you know, from an early on, once that stuff gets set in, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no debating. Yeah, right. And right, I hear right. that a lot about the statues too. Like, oh, you guys worship statues. I'm like, I, yeah. I don't. Maybe you do, but I don't. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. The Catholic <laughs> Church has that. been a scapegoat for many things, and it's you know yeah. they have. Yeah. So yeah, and even yeah. I, like when I wasn't Catholic, I mean, I didn't real, I didn't want to be involved in anything with religion. But even I had misunderstandings because I was just like, yeah, those people are unscientific medieval morons who hate women and haven't updated with the times. They're like the stupidest people on the planet. Mm. And I was, you know, they follow a, a, a ghost, you know, cause back then they said father, son and Holy ghost. And I'm like, these people follow Casper. You know, I was like, <laughs> what, what do these people do? I, don't, I didn't get it. So, um, mm. but obviously I was just, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Even my father to this day, because he's still evangelical, he's like, wow. well, yeah, but, you know, you guys worship Mary. I can't do that. It's like, Dad, right. no, we don't. She's her mother. We don't worship Mary. She's yeah. she's her mother. Well, no, no, no. The, the priest told me you guys worship Mary. I was like, 
Dad, I don't think the priest told you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is so funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good to ask questions. It's good to get clarity, and then, yeah, just um, you know, you win people over with kindness and and love, and you know, because sometimes you can get into these doctrinal discussions that get quite combative, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it can be tough because then, <laughs> you know, you come at it. And you just want to like make a point, and then before long you're like, "Jesus loves you," but I'm gonna punch you in the face, you punk! You know, <laughs> <laughs> you you blew it, you lost the argument, you know, because right. you're a jerk, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing that helps with that argument is your phenomenal books. So, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it because I I have a couple of them, um, and uh, but you have more than I realized. You have quite a few. Yeah, now, yeah. I've been a priest almost 17 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I think I've got 14 books now. Yeah, and the ones I have, I have uh, your ones in the rosary, um, you know, the champions of the rosary and how to pray the rosary. Those are really good ones. Um, love the, the, the champions of the rosary. That just blows you away, all the stories in there. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one took me uh, a while to write because it's... Uh, it's big. I think it's like 400 pages or something. And, um, I did a lot of historical research on that in uh, even in different countries and stuff and, um, got a lot in there. So that's, that's probably my biggest book, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was mind blowing for me because I didn't, and, and even then, like you, it reiterated, um, in your talks, you didn't even cover probably a third of all the people that actually support the rosary over the centuries but the big ones are just phenomenal and there's things i had never heard of before um even like even like your your ted bundy story and it's like oh yeah that's amazing stuff um I, a lot of it i didn't know either you know i discovered it when i was doing my research and uh and then i wanted to verify it you know because sometimes you know you, you read these things and you're like that's amazing but really and then you you get <laughs> The primary sources, if you're only hearing it from so-and-so said it through so-and-so said it through, you know, it's like, mm, I don't know. Right. But then if you go to the primary sources or original documents, you're just like, wow, this is this is legit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. I'm st- and, and I'm, st- I'm doing a lot of research right now myself because I'm trying to get verification documents on a lot of the Marian apparitions. Um, mm. Found a really nice one on Our Lady of Akita. Um, mm. And I'm still looking. You wouldn't know any any uh, documents on Our Lady of Las Lajas, would you? Documents? Yeah. I'm still looking uh, for ones on that. Yeah, that's going to be a little tough because if, you if there are, the I'm sure that there are, the primary sources are going to be in Spanish and they're probably going to be in Colombia, you know. Um, yeah. You know what's a trip about the Akita one? What's you that? know that that sister is still living? Yeah, Sister Sasagawa. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Did she not was know dead. that. Yeah. How old that, is she? That apparition happened in 1973, right? Right. And uh, just last October, something like that. Yeah. She had another vision. Yes. <laughs> you hear about that? Yeah. Uh, no. And when I when that came up on the internet, I was like, "Wait a minute, this woman is still alive?" I was like, "What?" And <laughs> You know, did you know that? Did you know she was still alive? I heard she was. Yeah, I heard I she was. That. Now I didn't. I couldn't verify it, but I heard that she was. So, do you think yeah. people like that get hounded, like her? Oh, I guarantee it. By like miracle seekers, investigators, and you know, <laughs> the paranormal. Oh, yeah, oh. oh, that would suck. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, man. Like, because... is she? <laughs> do people like? Does she have bodyguards? Do, do, are is she in a cloister? Or? Hmm. <laughs> I know she was one time like she wanted to be a nun, I think, but I don't know if she is now. But I think I think she is on some level because she's called Sister Sasagawa, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Sister Sasagawa. So oh, so she's I not don't a know nun. Cloister, though, like meaning like behind a wall. I don't. I yeah, don't know. I just I don't know if they would be like protected because I feel like if something super like if something mystical happened to me and I, people found out about it, they'd be like, Edward, can I? 
can I talk to you? You know, George, Every day, George can would I be hounding you, man. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, no, I don't, I don't want this. <laughs> what, what was her latest, what was her latest vision? Do you know? Yeah, it was something about, she said, um, we have to, uh, pray a penitential rosary, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a, that's a little cryptic in the sense of, hmm, what does that exactly mean? But uh, I thought she said something else with that. Do you remember what it was? I Aaron? would have to pull it up. I, I have and, the article, but I don't have it pulled up at the moment. <laughs> right. But the interesting thing about that is it happened right before, literally right before this coronavirus thing hit the world. Yes. Right? So it was like, whoa, was this what she was talking about? or what? Because it, it, it had a message of like repentance, like the world needs to repent. Um, and then the coronavirus struck, and now we find ourselves in the situation we're in. So, did knows? you see what the governor of New York said? Oh, duh. what? That uh, we, you know, we we've smoothed out our numbers. God didn't do this. That's right. <laughs> we did this. I did, man. Like, I why mean, did you I... even take the extra step to say that? That's <laughs> why that's... no one asked you to say that. Yeah, you could have left that yeah. out. I did hear that. That's yeah. What is he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But it's funny to bring that up because I have been wondering ever since the coronavirus hit because her messages from 1973 stated that there was something coming and yeah. it, w- it would be it would hit everybody whether they were part of, you know, the priesthood or the That's laity right. or the secular. Um so I've wondered for since this started, I've wondered if this is what she was talking about. It could be, could yeah. be, because you're right. That was part of it. She said that uh, neither priests nor whatever would be spared. And, um, I mean, we're seeing that now. In northern Italy now, I think it's something around 60 priests have died yeah. from hmm. it. And uh, I just heard about a convent. Maybe you guys heard in, is Livonia in Michigan? Yes. Is that Michigan? Yeah. I think all the nuns just got diagnosed with it in the convent. Oh, oh wow. Shoot. Yeah, like 25 of them or oh. something like that. So really, really sad. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, <sighs> yeah, I mean, nobody's exempt from this. This is, you know, a horrible thing. So, yeah, that's why I teach my children to pray the rosary with me and wash their hands. <laughs> and yes. Wash their hands. Right. <laughs> Good Prayer is, and uh, action. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> they can't, they can't pin this on the Catholic Church, this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We didn't do this. We right. didn't do this. But speaking of the family unit, this that brings us to your latest book, right? Yes. So, yes. The, the, oh man, and this it, this even though the one on the rosary is the biggest book, like meaning thick, this I, in my opinion, is my best one. Um, yeah. So I, I it took me three years to put together consecration to Saint Joseph, and you know the reason that I did it uh, a little over three years ago. I was just meeting a lot of people that seemed to be so confused about fundamental things that I just assumed that, you know, the people that I was in associations with in conferences, they, they understood. But I, I literally have had people coming up to me saying, what is marriage? And why can't two men get married or two women get married? And I'm like, wait, what? And then they were <laughs> saying, like, my son identifies as a, as a, as a woman and he changed his name, and, and, and they're fine with it. They're like, and I affirm that, and I, I think it's great. He's found his identity, and I'm just like, <sighs> I, I, I. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, who, who tricked you? Who deceived you here? I'm like, yeah. so I thought to myself, man, we need like a, a good father to clean house, because when your house is in disorder and chaos, you need a father who's the head of that household to clean it up. And so I thought, you know, we could really use like St. Joseph right now because God put this guy in charge of the Holy Family. He was the least holy member of that family, but that wasn't the point. The other members, Jesus and Mary, Jesus is God, so that's a totally different category, but he's, he's, he wanted to be a part of that family. They both placed themselves under the authority and the, and the, the headship of St. Joseph, even though he wasn't as holy as either one of them. Right. Right. That's not the point. Most almost all of us men know that women are better than us. <laughs> we know this. Right. The majority of the people at the foot of the cross were not men. That's they were true. Women, mm-hmm. That's right? true. Right. So we know that we're not sometimes that great. 
a woman is the heart of everything. Without women, nothing happens. But <laughs> um, it does take a certain role for men to to lead and to protect, to defend. Um, because whether people like it or not, in this time, and people try and fight this stuff, we are physically stronger than women. That's just the facts, Jack, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, I have seen a few that scare me, but you know what I mean. I mean, <laughs> there, there, we are, I can chuck a rock further than pretty much any woman that I know. I can chop wood faster than any woman I know, okay? And yet today, we've got this gender confusion where, where you know, some dude wants to compete in a women's sport, so he identifies as a woman, and then he smokes all of them and wins all the trophies, and everybody's like, oh, what what happened? And I'm like, right. yeah. <laughs> he's a dude, you know? Um, <laughs> but today, everybody's offended by this. They're like, oh, how dare you? That's so, and I'm like, it's a no-brainer, man. What You've lost your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You've lost yeah. common sense and reason, and you think people cannot even identify as a turtle. No. Seriously. Yeah. It's... And I'm like, what? So yeah. I just thought to myself, you know, we need a It'd good be loving father, to be a turtle. like in St. Joseph, to restore some order so that we can ask him, help us, help us. God entrusted his son to your care. Yeah. You must yeah. be pretty awesome. Absolutely. So help us because we're jacked up, man. <laughs> I mean, 52% of all families today don't have a father. That's yeah. the facts. More, that's more than half. Remember, I had three wow. fathers before I was 10. Um, we, we live in a really messed up world. Young men today are being exposed to hardcore pornography by the age of 11. That's not a statistic that a Catholic priest made up. That's the facts. We are messed up. Yeah. And if we don't heal this father wound and get uh, uh, men imitating him, because if you want to have men become better men, Obviously, they're going to have to imitate Jesus Christ. He's the greatest, but he's God. You're never going to be God, dude, right? So if you want to imitate the next best thing, you got to look to the man who played the role of the father of Jesus Christ, even though he wasn't his biological father. God the Father basically said, here, play my role for 30 years in the life of my son, you know, because I, I don't have flesh. I, I can't live in that home in Nazareth. I'm here in the heavens, and I've sent him to save the world. But you, you be my shadow. You be my representative. You speak for me, you know? I mean, that's profound. Yeah. So when we live in this jacked up culture that we live in, we we need something like that. We need somebody like that. So that's why I put the book together um, to, to help bring that about. Well, and I, I love what you said in there because I've always heard, um, act, both from the secular side and from the evangelical side and even from the Catholic side, that uh, Joseph was an older man, probably in his 90s, and right. uh, <laughs> decrepit in years. And right. you highlight in your book that he more than likely wasn't. Correct. Yeah, because, you know, we don't have anything in the New Testament that talks about his age, but you can unpack it. God gave you a brain. He wants you to use it. So he, there's no way he could have been old. And here's 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 the, why. Um he was not only a carpenter, which he was, but in the Greek, the word is tecton, which means like a laborer. So he, he worked with wood, but he also worked with stone. He probably was a roofer. He probably did all kinds of stuff. And old men don't walk to Egypt, okay? <laughs> it's true. That's, that's not like just right down the street. That's a long way. And then live there for we don't know how many years, taking care of a wife and a son in pagan territory where the Jews were hated. The, the Egyptians weren't like, Welcome, brother. No, they were like, <laughs> you killed our relatives. Your God killed our relatives in the Red Sea. We remember you, and we hate your guts. You're not welcome here. We're not going to give you a job. Do you realize how poor the Holy Family must have been in a pagan country? I mean, that is, like, extreme. And then to go back and then pick up things in Nazareth, right? We don't know how long later, but at some point they made it back to Nazareth. And then by Jewish law in Judaism— all men were required to go to Jerusalem three times a year. Now, I've been to the Holy Land like seven times. Nazareth to Jerusalem is a three-day walk. Ooh. If you have to do that three times a year, and let's say, let's just say that St. Joseph lived with Jesus and Mary for 30 years, right? We don't know exactly, but that's the tradition because Joseph doesn't appear in the public ministry of Jesus, 
So people just assume that he probably died right, right before that. Well, if you, if you do the math and you add up three times a year, Nazareth to Jerusalem for 30 years, do you know how much Joseph and Jesus walked? That's... Almost around the planet. <laughs> hmm. No kidding. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Is the old man going to be able to do that? The Jack Lane power juicer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the crazy thing is, it's uphills, around hills, and in heat, and it, I mean, it's fil it's dirty. It's oh my goodness, there's no way an old dude is going to be able to do that. Right. So just using common sense, you can see he, there's no way that he was not in shape. Okay, and, yeah. and it's fantastic. So and that's the first time I've heard that being told that way. I usually hear it from the the old man side. Right, also, right. I mean, this is just, I'm ignorant about this stuff, but like, back in the day, wouldn't they have still considered that, even though it was a different time, like creepy for an old man to <laughs> right. yeah, marry a young girl? Like, <laughs> Mary was really young, right? Yeah. Pro probably she, 14. Yeah. At that yeah. time, women got married when they were like around 15 or 16. But to like uh -huh. really old guys? And that was cool? No, no, not really old guys. There was a disproportionate age between many of the marriages. I mean, that still happens today in a lot of the Middle East and kind of the Middle East, maybe in Africa too in some places. But um, but it certainly wouldn't have been that she was 16 and he was 70. I mean, the whole point was not to stand out. You think that ain't going to stand out? Right, you know? right. <laughs> I mean, and he was, the, mm. he was the father of Jesus, not the grandfather of Jesus. Right. right? So, for example, this is, this is mind-blowing, right? So, when Jesus, who is God, and yet he chose to become one of us and grow up as a little baby in all those stages of human development, which is mind-blowing, right? Well, the first things that he would have said would have been what we say. He would have said, Mama. And then what did he say to Joseph? Grandpa, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> he would have said, Abba, Daddy, right? In yeah. Aramaic, he would have cried out, Abba. And, I mean, that's profound because if you're going to think about it, if God the Father is going to supply a man for his son to raise him in his human nature, isn't he going to give him the most perfect man who ever walked this planet? Absolutely. Right. Why, yeah. imagine, imagine you were God, and, and you were going to entrust the care of your son to a woman and a man. Would you not give him anything except perfection? Would right. you say... Yeah, I'm just gonna roll the dice here, and oh, okay, you can't get this see one. what they get. Nancy, you will, I'll give you Nancy. You know? <laughs> no. you're gonna prepare these people for that extremely important role, right? So you're gonna give them unbelievable graces, unbelievable dignity, and everything to do that role, and that's what the Virgin Mary had, and that's what Saint Joseph had, right? I'm just saying this as a dude, man. I mean, if if I was if I wasn't a priest and had a wife. And we had children, and I had a daughter, and some loser came over to my door wanting to date my daughter. I'd be like, back off, son. She's going out with you. Right? Right. Uh, you got to be worthy of my daughter. Yeah. Right? Right. So it's the same thing with, with when God prepares parents for his son. You got to be worthy. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be docile to the Holy Spirit. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to be. Wanting to do the will of God, I can familiarize. I can totally familiarize with that because even my my oldest daughter, and she's eighteen, um, I make her boyfriend answer to me. <laughs> so it's like, it's like he's not allowed to show up unless I'm outside to make sure that he's showing up alone and that he's not, you know, that he's straight, that he's you know not high yeah. or anything. Or and my and he works full time and everything else. Uh, he's been nothing but courteous. Um, yeah. In fact, he texts me and checks on me just to make sure that, that he stays in contact with me. So it's like it's, I, I could I could totally familiarize with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm. man. Mm. I mean, I'd be locked. I'd be like, shh, shh, I'd be. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. And then also in that book, I love it because you see. Um, with what you bring him in, you bring uh, Saint Joseph in as a true brother of the faith, not merely a historical figure, but somebody right. who is a family member 
to get familiar with. So you have your, your like your thirty three dedica- uh, day uh, dedication, right? Yeah. So it it um it I stretch it out over thirty three days so that it's um not only a book that you read, but it's a book that you do. Mm-hmm. So you you get to know the person of Saint Joseph, and unpacking what little we have of him in scripture. So you see that he's he's faithful. He's obedient, right? He's patient. He's um, loving. Um, he's, you know, long-suffering. And, and where do you get that, right? Again, I mean, it was not easy for them to do what they did. Um, and he relies on divine providence. He allows God to take care of him in every circumstance. And those things alone, I mean, I tell people this, like when God wanted to look like somebody, who did he chose, choose to look like? The Caesar Virgin Borgia. Mary. No. T- JK. JK. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said Caesar Borgia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing that like Protestants always say. <laughs> no. No. So <laughs> cheap shot to me. No. JK, not you. Not you. Not you. All the other ones. Uh-huh. Not you. Of all the people in the world who have ever existed, right, from Adam up until the present, God taking on human nature is going to take on flesh from one person, okay? That's the Virgin Mary. So what that means is that Jesus looked like his mother. Yeah. The face of God has facial features similar to the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. Now, Mary's not God, right? Mm-hmm. Never was, never will be. But when God wanted to have similar features in his face— he chose to have them like her. Do you know how profound that is? I mean, everybody who knows me and knows my mom can look at me and look at her and go, oh, without a doubt, it's mother and son. I mean, cheekbones, eye sockets, everything, right? It's a no-brainer. Now, when God wants to look like somebody, that's who he chose to look like, to have a similar facial features too. But when God wants to imitate, when God, this is like, oh, when God wants to imitate somebody, Who's that? Well, that's Joseph. Mm. See, Jesus himself said in the New Testament, a son can only see and do what he sees his father doing. That's the words Mm. of Jesus Christ. Those aren't my words, right? Right. So that applies first and foremost to his heavenly father, right? Yes. But it also applies to his human nature. He took on human nature. So what that means is, even though Jesus did not look like Joseph, because Joseph is not his biological father— he imitated him as every boy imitates his dad. So Jesus would have had the mannerisms, the accent, the probably a similar walk. He probably would have had similar features in, um, in his working style, you know, learning the trade from St. Joseph. All of those things he chose to imitate St. Joseph. That is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yeah, And it shows you the dignity of St. Joseph because God never called any angel father. God doesn't do the will of angels. God doesn't do the will of man. But when he submitted himself under the authority of Mary and Joseph, he did. He did. Do you know how profound that is? (laughs) That's remarkable. Awesome. Wow. (laughs) I mean, that shows you how important they are. And and so here, here, check this out. I'm sorry if I keep talking. Is it okay? No, no, no you're fine. Keep this going, is keep going. About to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Again, I'm not God, dude. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not the Messiah. I'm not divine. I'm just a dude seeking redemption, right? Mm-hmm. But I have a mom. I have a mom. And I love her. I mean, when I was a teenager, we rubbed because I was an idiot. But I love her, man. Oh my goodness, I love her. If somebody came up to me and said, Hey, you're cool, man. I like you, <clears throat> but I got problems with your mom. I'm, you know, I, I kind of find her offensive and I don't see her purpose and I'd rather that she not be around. That's not going to fly. Okay. <laughs> Cause that's my mom. You can't be praising me and want to hang out with me and be dissing my mother. How's that? Do you actually think that that's going to delight me? No, of course not. Right now. On the other hand, what if you came up to me, just a dude and you said, Hey, that's your mom? Wow, she's amazing. You look just like her. Hey, we bought roses for your mom. Are, is that okay if we give your mom a rose? How weird would I be if I'm like, I am so offended by this. How dare you? Right? Right. No, 
the opposite. <laughs> I'd be like, really? I'd be like, wow, sure, she would love that. What if they got so crazy and they said, hey, we wrote a song <laughs> uh, about your mom. Is it okay if we sing that? I'd be like, <laughs> again, if I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm disgusted by your, your, your love for my mother, right? <laughs> no, I'd be like, really? Let me hear it. I'd love to hear it. Oh, wow, that's lovely. I think she would really like that, right? I, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, if you ask me something, I'm going to be like, okay, do you need anything? If I have the ability to help you out, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. What you do to my mom, you do to me. If you diss my mom, you diss me. That's just how it works on a human level. Yeah, well, Jesus yeah. is not some weirdo. He's God. <laughs> and he made his own mom. Jesus made his own mother because Jesus is God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made her perfect. That's I can relate to that as a non-Catholic. That's a remarkable thought. <laughs> it's unbelievable, right? Yeah. So that's the reality of it is, and that's what people need to know is we don't worship her just like we don't worship Joseph. We don't worship any saints. They're not God. Right. But we honor them each according to their dignity. And Mary and Joseph have like a super dignity. I love the way that you use Joseph in a way that is conducive to the family environment because wasn't it Sister Lucia, uh, Lucia from yeah. uh, Fatima who said that the final battle would be against the, the family? Yeah, she said it would be over marriage and family, and, and that's what we're living in today for sure. I mean, that's, I mean the family is the, the building block of society. If you attack that, you, you, the whole thing collapses. And so that's what we've got going on today is the, this uh, war over marriage and family. And everybody knows it, by the way. I mean, all the politicians know it. It ain't about ultimately, uh, you know, the things that they put in the front to, to, to say that vote for me because of this. Whatever, dude. It's either because you're for abortion or you're against abortion. Period. Period. Right? It's either you're for gay marriage or you're against gay marriage. Period. You can cloak it with all your ecology and helping the poor, which fine, right? Fine. But these are the issues, man. Period. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it the the book brings about a beautiful synopsis of how the head of a household is the father. And that's why Joseph is a very great saint of our time to yeah. really reinstitute the idea of bringing forth the family unit when the family unit is under attack. Yep. No, that's exactly right. And that's that's a big part of why I did the book was just to reintroduce people to him, take away some misconceptions and to welcome him into our, our homes so that ultimately we can get Jesus Christ right. Because ultimately it actually isn't about St. Joseph. It's not about the Virgin Mary. They're meant to lead us to Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate goal, right? So right. If, if we can get friends and helpers along the way to do that, then we need to do that. Because obviously, we're, we're not too good at doing it on our own. We're jacking it up, right? Absolutely. So let's go to the people who know him. But who knows Jesus better than his mother? I mean, outside of the Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, of course, but right. I mean, nobody, right? I mean, I mean, where do people think that we got in the New Testament the story of the birth of Jesus, right? Think about it. It's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. Were they there? No. <laughs> so did they just fudge this? Did they just come up with this thing? No. How did they learn about this? From the source, from Mary. That's why after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, the Virgin Mary stayed with the early church to tell them about things that they had no idea. Matthew and Luke were probably little babies themselves when the Messiah was born, right? Where, where do we get the story about when Jesus was lost in the temple? His mother. Durr, right? Of course. <laughs> I mean, so these things just, it didn't just pop out of the heavens already pre-written. God, the Holy Spirit, used people to do this. He used the pen and the hand of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but he also allowed the mother of Jesus to stick around for a while and to tell them about these things. Like when, when she and her husband went to the temple and presented the child Jesus, um, 
And that pr the, the, the priest, uh, Simeon, said a sword is going to pierce your heart. Where did the gospel writers learn this, right? From, From the people that were there. Right. <laughs> you know? So that's this, it's just common sense, man. So that's the important, if they know Jesus, and they do, we need to ask them, show me Jesus. Bring me Jesus to the real one. Because, you know, there's a lot of people today that talk about Jesus. But does everybody really know him? Or are they just doing him how they want him to be done? Like back in the day, man, when I was smoking weed and chasing girls, I listened to songs from people that, that were singing about Jesus. I did. Yeah. Right? There was this one group I used to listen to called Depeche Mode. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. My Own Personal Jesus. You ever hear that song? Absolutely. Sure. Right? Because <laughs> you can make up your own personal Jesus. Everybody can have their own Jesus. You can have a Jesus according to you, made in your image, right? So if you want to promote whatever, you can have your Jesus be that whatever. He can be a hippie for you. He can be a tree-hugging uh, person who, you know, really... Um, you know, is in favor of, of, of two dudes getting married if you want. That's your Jesus. But that ain't the real one. Right. right? That's why you got to go to the source. Teach me the real one. That's what happened to me. When I had my conversion, I had always heard about this dude. I didn't want nothing to do with him. And then when I came to him through his mother, I got the real one. I got the real one. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, thank you, Father Carloway, for this interview. It was awesome. Um, I'll email you after this, and okay. uh, I'll get you, I'll get you uh, whatever address you would like us to send uh, the uh, rosary to for oh, you. right. From yeah, our friends. Email me. Yep, from our friends over at uh, Catholic Guardians. We'll get that nice, sturdy unbreakable rosary over to you <laughs> tell them thank you that's very nice yeah absolutely thanks and yeah. then i don't know if i got to mention it if you if, i don't know if it's possible can you put the website up where people can get the book absolutely yeah we'll so attach, we'll attach to the to the description perfect so it's at the yeah. bottom of the book on the back okay Just so you know the right one yeah cool great <laughs> thanks guys well thank you thank it's you. been great having you on thanks guys i appreciate it man Thanks. All right. You, you going to knock back a few more cold ones after I leave? <laughs> Have fun. Probably done. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Don't forget to visit us on Patreon, virtually all social media, and podcast platforms. Have a great night. Hey, there's nothing taboo over brew. <laughs>